Then, yeah, just wear the beanie. That's it. That's pretty solid. I feel good about that. That's a good way to start this. Get the attitude up high, you know. Good trade two J's if you can become Wolverine. Where are you getting all this information? I definitely heard some some rumors about it. Are you still going? I, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's like you can hear them get the car. I was going to qualify and I was going to drive it out the racetrack. Just threw the hood over the ditch and longest employee of Knox. You did some digging there, huh? Look, we all enjoy wearing FD merch. I know I do. If I am not wearing a completely black outfit, minus this hat that has about 100 different names for the color, teal, seafoam, whatever you want to call it. But when I'm not wearing this, what do I got on? FD merch, of course. So head over to shopfd.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST24, just the numbers. Don't spell it all out. Save yourself 20%. So that is shopfd.com. Get yourself some awesome merch, maybe a skateboard deck, maybe a... can we bring bucket hats back? Let's do bucket hats. Everyone go get a bucket hat. And if you do, let me know. And let me know that uh, you save 20% by using podcast24 at checkout. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. My name is Jacob Gettens, and today we've got Mr. Kazuya Taguchi. How, how's that pronunciation? I am not good with pronunciations. So um, is, is it okay? Is there, like a, is there a better way to say your name properly? I think Kazuya is fine, but um, I think the real pronoun is Kazuya, not Kazuya. Like okay, Kazuya, maybe Kazuya. Yeah, that's okay. Japanese pronunciation. But, so less, you know, like, less whatever, you. like an easier way, like a Kazu or Kazuya. Anything is fine. Okay, I'll I'll work on that. I'll try not to make the U really really long. Being from Canada, <laughs> we often add U's to lots of different words, so I'll I'll see if I can make that a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, how's uh, how's everything going? What's what do you got in the background, man? Um, I, for people who don't follow you on socials, what are you working on? Mm, the, after the Owendale last year, um, you know, like kind of like relaxed time. And I went back to Japan a little bit uh, to renew my visa. And uh, after I came back, uh, I'm working on my regular job and uh, my project car. Yeah, pretty chill right now. And then preparing um, for next season. Nice. Can we we talk about your regular job? Because I think lots of people think formula drift drivers are just famous and that's how they make mm-hmm. their money. Um yeah, um I'm being race car driver only the weekend. <laughs> but weekday um you know um my main sponsor which is Upgarage. I'm working on uh I'm working for Upgarage I think over over 10 years. Since wow. 2014, the upgrade is, you know, um, we have t- over 200 shops, retail shopping in Japan. Uh, we are selling used car parts. Probably if you're, if you're a fan of the JDM scene, you might know the name. Um, yeah, uh, we are buying the parts from the customer and, um, selling all those parts for the customer people gotcha are you the uh are you the guy everybody's calling right now for like r34 parts now that they're legal in the u.s 
yes, those are, you know, like going crazy, like a Supra, a, a 90 Supra, no, I mean 80 Supra, mm-hmm. R34, like the FD also, S15, JZX, yeah, all you know, like the back then, um, S15, Nissan S15 was like, spec all the turbo one, you know, like it, it was like, 2,000, 3,000, but right now it's like 30,000. Yes. JDM scenes are going crazy. (laughs) It's, uh, I think it's so funny just the fascination that North America has with like the Japanese car culture and like how how obsessed um, we all are. I mean, we're in drifting, which is a a Japanese sport by by all rights. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it's fascinating like we will pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for a car that's twenty-five years old, and I mean, admittedly, some of them are really aren't that great. But for some reason, we'll pay a whole <laughs> bunch of money for them. <laughs> yeah, like I, I totally agree. You know, like behind me, like there's an S15. Like those are like pretty, you know, like getting expensive right now. And um, if you pay, like you know, you just say like thirty, forty thousand, but it's old Nissan. 25 years yeah. old. <laughs> but we love it, you know? Yeah. Is there is style. there a similar fascination with the U.S. within Japan where, like, people are, are saving up or trying to bring over U.S.-only cars? Like, is that, a, is that a culture that exists? I think so, yes. There's a lot of USDM fans over there. I think the okay. people I know. love the, you know, like the Tundra and uh, uh, like 64 Impala. Like, yeah, people love the American stuff in Japan. Huh. Okay. I've always wondered if there's like a cycle that happens where, let's say something happens in Japan that influences the American market and then it gets changed a little bit, but then the Japanese market season and then it comes back to Japan in like a different form. Uh, whether that's like, you know, body kits or something like that, I, I feel I feel like is one of those things where early 90s Japanese body kits and then, you know, came to the US and they got changed and, and modified and then they went back to Japan and now they're like mm. a different style again. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of rotated over the years. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's funny thing, like the Japanese people um yeah we want a lot of USDM part like the USDM USDM tail light USDM headlight like a corner marker like brinker but here is like everyone wants wants to get like you know JDM parts so yeah. it's we just we just want what we can't have that's it it doesn't matter it's cool because it's hard to get right mhm yeah not necessarily it's good or looks better, but mm-hmm. it looks yeah. better because no one has it. That's that's yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. Huh. That's that's interesting. Is uh uh to, like to be honest, I've I've never been to Japan. It is on my list. Um so I've 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 always had a huge fascination with it. I there's a a show I used to watch which was called Begin Japanology. Um I'll mm-hmm. I'll send it to you because maybe you you'd think it's kind of tacky and funny. But okay. 
they would break down very specific for like an hour long, very specific parts of Japanese culture and explain it for an hour. Uh, and it would go everything from, you know, trains and different food items to like uh, plastic, plastic food displays and like the mm, whole culture behind yeah. plastic food displays. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's been interesting trying to learn about the, the, the culture and the country, but not trying to do it from the car perspective because I, I feel like that's easy um, because I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's expected of me and, mm-hmm. and, and drifting fans to just know everything about Japanese car culture. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I am Japanese, so I didn't know, like <laughs> our culture is totally different from other countries. Uh, like people, people, people say that Japanese culture is pretty special. It's pretty different, but mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. And <laughs> I came here and uh, I'm pretty shocked. Like everything pretty different. I mean, you know, good side and bad side. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm still learning every day here mm-hmm. in US. What, what's that? How, like how scary is that to make the jump to a country where, you know, you don't speak a lot of the language. I mean, your English has gotten incredible very, very quick. Um, yeah, no, I, I can tell you, you've been, you've been working hard at it. Uh, I'm sure you know all the swear words, like that's day one. But uh, how, how scary is that making that jump from, from a country that bears only a slight resemblance to, to the U.S. and just trying to make it? Mm, actually, I wasn't scared. Um, more like I was just pretty excited to see the new stuff, like new country, new people, to meet new people. And especially uh, driving different country, di- different trucks. So I wasn't scared. But, um, you know, that time I came here, I think that was a 2018. I only could speak yes, no, thank you. <laughs> the only those three words. And then just took an airplane ticket and came here and driving. So I still really appreciate, um, you know, my team owner, Jerry, because, um, you know, he trusted me a lot. You know, I think that for the team, the sponsors, mechanics, you know, like a crew, I think it's pretty important to uh, have the conversation uh, between drivers and crew, team owner, mechanic. But every time I get out the car, yeah, good. You know, I only could say, yeah, the car is running. You know, <laughs> I think that was, yeah, pretty tough for them for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did. You, I, I think you did your best, at least in the beginning. I, I think that that's that R35, the GTR, is just not an easy car to drive. Um, I know some of it had to do with wheel size and tire size and not being able to get really good tires for that sizing. But overall, the whole car seems very, uh, I don't know how to explain, like, like cumbersome, like big and kind of just sloppy is, is what it looked like. 
yeah, actually, a lot of people say the the cars looks um, difficult to drive, but I think you know that time I was thinking, well, shit, like pretty hard to drive this thing. I was thinking that, like that, but um, if I uh, if I can drive, I think you know make it better and then make it work. So I think that time I just didn't have um, skill to drive and set up. Mm. I know you're saying like you just, you, you could definitely drive, but you had to learn how to drive and then make changes to a car to make it the way you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a big difference between I guess and don't don't take this the wrong way but between a a good driver and a great driver is somebody who can take a good car and turn that car great or drive that car great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I I would love I I still think there's a lot of potential in that chassis and I would love to see more development of it. They're expensive, so there's not a lot of people yeah. driving them. <laughs> but uh, I, I would be I would be interested to see how far that chassis could go because they look amazing. They're they're incredible cars. Just I don't think we've seen many people drive them at a very very high level and do super well in them. Yeah, the, actually, we are talking um, after two thousand twenty. Uh, should we going back to GTR or? Should we build another car? Yeah, like me and Jerry would or keep talking. Um, but uh, the one thing, you know, the drifting, especially in the competition, you know, like riding the wall and having the contact um, through the whole season. So like you mentioned it, like a GTR, like the subframe, like suspension component and even the, you know, like a body kit. It's pretty expensive and uh, not a lot of spare parts in the, you know, like local junkyard or whatever <laughs> somewhere, you know. So, yeah, then we decided to build the FRS, which I'm currently driving. Yeah, there's there's definitely more spare parts for that car than, than there mm-hmm. is for a GTR. I mean, lots of lots of kids buying them early and crashing them, so... You know, a lot of minor front end damage. So there's <laughs> there's a few of them kicking around. Is it uh how how do you how do you like that car? Because I, I feel like it's very divided on the opinion of the FRS, where the people who really like it really love it. And there's a lot of people who say it's not a competitive chassis um, because of wheelbase, because of suspension setup and stuff like that. But then we see Drivers do well in it. Obviously, you did incredible in it in um, in St. Louis. We see, you know, over in Europe, they're they're absolutely dominating in a lot of cases. So, how do, I guess, like, how do you feel about that chassis? And if you can give some inside information as to how you've gotten it to drive so well, <laughs> I mean, um, the first of all, um, I'm really bad at the feeling about the car. 
um, you know, like sometime in competition, like, hey, this alignment feels really good. Like the car feels really good. And then the guy, like, you know, like the team checked alignment, but it's actually pretty beat up, like, <laughs> you know. And then they told me, hey, the alignment pretty fucked up. And now I'm like, oh, okay, but just, <laughs> just leave it. It feels, feels good. You know? <laughs> so the first of all, yeah, I'm really bad at it. Uh, but, um, the first time Jerry told me, yeah, um, we will build the FRS. At that time I was like, I never drove. FRS before I never drifted and uh, especially you know like BR powered like no idea yeah so I was really um, worried about how it's going and uh, the test day uh, we brought um, the FRS to the track and um, yeah Within five minutes, I realized the chassis is pretty good. And mm. that combination is, yeah, I just loved it. FRS and then BR38. So before I, I, before driving the FRS, I was just worried about, but, you know, since once I drove it, I was really excited um, for the season and uh, feels really good. And a lot of people talk about the FRS doesn't have uh, the big suspension stroke for the back, the rear. Mm-hmm. Mm, but um, I don't really feel like I, I don't really take guys bad for drifting and in my style i don't i don't i don't use like big suspension stroke and squat so that doesn't affect to me i i wonder so what i they, i'm trying to think like the best way to put this together because there's a lot lot to this idea <laughs> so i want to i want to start with um kind of nick Noback and irwindale and i think looking at his driving in that, I've, I've talked about it a few times, but I think we're going to look back on that moment later this year or next year and go, you can win an event by not being the fastest. Because for mm. the last yeah. five years, especially, it's just been about how fast can I make this car go? Mm-hmm. And I think it's led to a lot of um, twitchy cars, a lot of weird mistakes, you know, things like that. And I think it makes a driver uncomfortable when a car is that twitchy and and almost unpredictable. And that lack of confidence or that little bit of doubt in your head can ruin everything. And it doesn't matter how good the car is. Whereas, you know, you talking about not using a bunch of suspension travel would traditionally mean that the car is not going to be as grippy. I know there's a lot more to it than that, but simple terms. So I wonder with the bad alignment that you're saying, and I bet you that alignment wasn't bad, it just wasn't super grippy, and not running a bunch of rear grip again gives you that confidence to be able to drive the car 
more aggressively uh, and and maybe a little bit further, but it's a bit more forgiving if that if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, like you should you you mentioned it. Um, you know, like I don't know, like top thirty two, top sixteen, like the, against the driver who is driving really fast. Then a lot of people, a lot of team, including me, feel like. Should I like make more traction for next battle? Then kind of like kill yourself mm-hmm. by your mistake. But, um, you know, like back, um, 2022, 2022, mm-hmm. um, we won at the San Yeah. That time. Whole weekend, we never change the setup. We never touch the suspension, alignment, tire pressure. We like drove through the setup. Uh, we, um, you know, like initial setup, like which we set at the day one at the practice day. So the, Nick situation is almost same. Like he, he was keep like lapping same, same line, same angle, yeah. really stable, consistent, especially the hour window, you know, like the practice, practice time is like daytime. And, um, yeah, um, after the sunset, the truck is almost, you know, like a different truck mm-hmm. because of the, uh, the grip grip level. So it's pretty difficult decision to change the setup like um, every lap for yeah, like through the through the weekend, like keep changing the setup. I I usually don't do like that. Usually, the trying couple setup at the um, in the practice session, and um, yeah, talking about the setup at, um, between like the team owner Jerry and engineer. Then we just decide one or two setup for weekend. Yeah. I, and then I mean, also, as also, I don't yeah. feel, you know, I'm not picky about setups. So <laughs> <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, so you know, if if your if your mechanic's telling you have a terrible setup and you're loving it, I I think it's I think you're not that picky. So uh, yeah, I I mean, the fact that you and Nick both coming from Jerry having perfect events like, and early in your careers too. Like, you know, early in your FD careers and in pro doing that, like that's, that's saying it. There's, there's guys that have, you know, that are 10 plus years in that have never won an event, let alone qualified first and won an event. So I, I would be curious if, you know, there's too much overthinking what needs to happen. And, and that's where the problem is that, you know, we, we adjust things so we never, I say we, I'm not one of the drivers, obviously. 
Uh, but things get adjusted so much that you never get comfortable with the car. And then by the time it's ready to go, you have no confidence. And then you just don't know what's going to happen with the car. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious if we see a bit of a change moving forward. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Because you look at, you know, Matt Field or Chelsea Denofa, those cars get adjusted a lot. And, you know, both guys did incredibly well. I don't know how much Odie's adjusting or Simon was adjusting or anybody else. But yeah, uh, I think there's more than one way to, to deal with how to set up a car. And I just don't, I don't know what one's right. Um, because it's, it's just interesting that you, you cannot change a car, have a perfect event. Mm-hmm. And then an RTR team can make an adjustment every single run and, and have a perfect event. So it's like, what? Why? How does that? How does yeah, that happen? <laughs> I think there's no answer, and um, yeah, like the team, um, which can um, change a lot, like uh, trying a lot of setup. I think those teams already have the data from the past mm. or from the testing. But I, the one thing I really don't want to do is trying new setup in the race, like for the top 16, the this setup we want to go, but we never try. So it's like a gamble. I, I usually don't do like that thing anymore (laughs) before I did, before I, I was doing that a lot. But not getting uh, wiser with age is is what it is. Now that you're, mm-hmm. you know, I still you still look like you're like what or like mid twenties. I've no, I actually have no idea how you are, how old you are. I didn't, I didn't look that up. I, I looked up everything else. Thirty one. Okay, yeah, you're still a young buck. You're good. You're good. You got lots of time. Am I good? <laughs> yeah. I'm, hey, I have to say that I'm thirty three. So you know, you have no, to be good. Almost saying yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, so, uh. I, I, within within the U.S., there's lots of people that have have stories about learning about drifting and being inspired by drifting from uh, you know option DVDs, uh, you know obviously different TV shows and stuff like that. But uh, in my research, I found out that you kind of got your start with Sega Rally, which is <laughs> a little bit different than what yeah. I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's oh. The Segurari, I think the I was playing the Segurari when I was three years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now was that like Sega handheld, like on a on a Genesis, or was that like in an arcade like like uh I think those uh at the at my my place. You okay. know, um when I when I was three years old, my mom uh had the cancer and it was not, you know, like not a good situation. Now mm-hmm. she, she's fine, but okay, uh, then, <laughs> yeah. So that time, um, I was spending time with my dad, like almost a year. And I felt probably, you know, like really lonely and, uh, you know, uh, the while my dad is cooking or my dad is taking a shower, like I just feel lonely and I was just crying a lot. 
you know, the three years old. And uh, my dad tried like, you know, like the TV shows, uh, showing me like a TV show for kids, but didn't work. And um, I, I have no idea. Somehow he got me uh, a Sega Rally and a steering controller. And, um, you know, I started playing it. Yeah. Um, like I, I literally like stopped crying and, just, <laughs> you know, kept driving. Yeah, that that was the first time I, you know, touched um, to the, um, like some karting, um, like not real car. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, just a yeah, TV game, but I think I was really having fun. One, well, I mean, it, it seems like you stuck with that and, and that, you know, obviously it's, it's done you well now. I, I, looking through the timeline of your life, it was interesting to see how much stuff you did and how young you were. Um, you, your first competition or first like big drifting experience, you were what, nine years old, um, in, a, in an S13? Oh, uh, the, that was, uh, uh, 15 years old. Okay. In the high school, high school student, sneaking yeah. out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the I think the nine years old, I uh, that was a um, the first drifting experience uh, for me. Uh, my dad, uh, my dad's friends um, was actually a drifter, and then he, he invited me um, like some local drifting event. And uh, I got the experience to ride with him. And yeah, I'm very in love with the drifting that time. Like I was going crazy. Like I really wanted this, <laughs> but nine years old. So I didn't have, you know, like, of course, n- no driver's license, but I was just kept dreaming, become a drifter. And, uh, you know, in Japan, like we, we can get the driver driver's license after eighteen years old, not the sixteen. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't just wait it, uh, become eighteen years old and um, uh, fifteen years old. I got uh, some drifting car. Um, I think that was a Toyota S. SC three hundred here, Sora, and mm-hmm. uh, start yeah. learning drifting on the snow. That was fifteen it's years like old. You, fifteen years ago, you, wow. you got to <laughs> you got to live like a fantasy of so many people, like within the drifting community. It's like teenager drift car, you know, in Japan. Like it's, I, I'm sure it's a little weird for you. Like, you know, we talked about the kind of the obsession with Japan where it's like that story, being a teenager drifting, you know, back roads of Japan in in the winter kind of thing. Like that's, I mean, there's, there's literally TV shows and comic books and games and stuff (laughs) about that. And like, you know, that's, Mm. that's what you did. That was your life at one point. It's, it's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I don't know. I didn't have any, you know, money budget and I don't have any, you know, like rich parents and just, but 
I definitely had the big passion for drifting. Like just one thing. Like I just want to drift. Like it's same, same as now, but you know, like mm-hmm. reading the magazine, like drift Tengoku magazine, like video option, like keep watching it. Like I, I, I just actually, I didn't think like, you know, like want to become pro driver more like, I just wanted to drift. Mm. And this is the, is it, I, is it, is it just wanting to drift with the best or the fastest or the craziest that gets you to like the pro level or like, you know, you said you just wanted to drift. Like you could have, you could have just been a party drifter or like a, I mean, uh, an event drifter for the rest of your life and have arguably gotten much more seat time way cheaper so what what pushes you to to make that jump to pro and literally go to a different country to do it i don't like i i don't understand it and maybe that's why i like doing this show <laughs> cuz i get to like dig into your brains a little bit cuz like it's it's crazy to me to think to like put your entire future on the line to do this one thing like i don't it doesn't compute to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm still, you know, like the party drifter. You know, yeah. I really love those, you know, thing. But um, when I was 15 years old, I competed. I went to the like local drifting competition. Then, you know, 15 years old, no driver's license, and then the kid is drifting. And then the people like around me, like the spec, also the spectators, also the judges were, were really like, you know, a lot of eyes to me. And then at the qualifying, I just spun out. Um, darn, like I couldn't even pass the qualifying. Mm-hmm. So that feeling, like I was, I was beginner, but also at the same time, bit embarrassed because a lot of people were watching me, and then in front of those people, I just spin, spun out and down. So that moment made made me think, like I want to be more better. And uh, that 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 feeling never ends. I'm still thinking mm. I want to be more better. Like every round, every lap, oh, I think, you know, I could be better at the Arizona one or two or like never end. So yeah, that 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 moment made me a uh, more better driver, and then just still keep thinking it. So it sounds kind of sad, but never be happy about my driving. <laughs> Even I won or lost, doesn't matter. So there is no perfect run for me, probably hmm. f- for the other pro driver as well. And then, so it- yeah, I, was, I kept thinking like that 
and after I got driver's license, and uh, I went to another uh, drifting competition when I was 18. That was a like a drifting competition only can compete students, like university student or high school student. Uh, oh, I think the limit is a uh, 24 years old, so can compete under 24 years old people and I'm not sure somehow probably because it was a rain I had a lot of experience to drift on the snow the rain is more easier for me compared to snow and I won uh, that competition two times 2012 no I'm bad my bad 2011 and then 2012 and there's one company was sponsoring to that competition which was Upgrade and then Upgrade offered me hey you have a lot of passion about the car maybe you you should work for us like for Upgrade and um yeah, I said yes. And next week, and um, my, uh, the upgrade CEO um, wanted to talk to me, and he just offered me, um, you know, like you want to compete, like D one lights, like under the D one series to get mm-hmm. the D one GP license, and uh, if you can't get the GP license within one year, you're just a regular employee bit good at the drifting. But if mm. you can get the GP license, we can sponsor you. So I got that, that offer at the 2014 and then I got the D1 GP license um, within one year and I became <laughs> the you know, D1 GP driver and you know, like regular employee for upgrade. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're living in a tiny apartment above the garage and you just live and sleep and breathe drifting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh, working uh, for upgrade, um, like nine to seven, eight. Then after that, like just start maintaining uh, my competition car until. 2, 3 a.m. and then sleep like two three hours and going to work and spend the time in the garage to maintain the car like I just kept doing like that like yeah. these I don't know almost 10 years I I I didn't do it for 10 years but I lived in a restaurant that I worked at for a while and then another restaurant I worked at uh I mean, I we would sleep in it pretty regularly. So I, I get it. I get it. It's like mm-hmm. when it's all that matters, like it doesn't seem that bad at the time. It doesn't seem crazy to not do anything else. You just, it's just, that's what you're doing. So I, I get it. It's, it's a weird obsession and it gets like stuck <laughs> in your head, right? Like, yeah. Like the people just, say like, that's tough life, but I didn't feel like that. Like it was just yeah. fun, you know, like the working for a regular job and after that like spending the uh, time with uh, my friends and ma- maintain doing maintain um, mm. for the 
competition car and was just you know because of the passion like i just i just loved it yeah what what seems like a tough life is working 9 to 5 for a job you hate and coming home and not doing the thing you love like that mm-hmm. that's a tough life to me yeah you know working that's for sure working right? 12 hours a day doing something you love and mm-hmm. then going home and doing something else you love even if that's 20 hours out of the day and you're only sleeping 4 that's way better to me than only working 8 hours and hating every moment yeah i, I agree with that yeah yeah i i very much can understand that so <laughs> i don't think you're crazy i i completely get it so <laughs> i know you're a little crazy you all have to be all you drivers are a little nuts but uh yeah uh, can um can you explain to me how you convinced your dad to give you an s15 <laughs> yeah um yeah actually my dad uh he was trying to start um drifting himself and he got oh, cool. S- s15 uh the before s15 he was uh he had uh sti silver but he sold it and bought s15 and trying to start drifting um he did a little bit but not really into it um then yeah like after uh I got driver's license, um I was trying to steal the S fifteen from my dad. But it took three, four months, I guess. Um yeah. Um I'm not a drink, but he, he drink. He drinks the beer and then you know, like every night um I swung by seven eleven to get their beer for him and <laughs> <laughs> made him drunk and uh, <laughs> once um i realized oh he's drunk and um uh, i was asking like hey um you know like i got driver's license um uh, and i i'm going to go university i think um i want to i want to get the s15 from you and uh, he he kept saying <laughs> no hell no what yeah, but after three months, I made a mission. Uh, finally, he said yes, and yeah, I I could steal his S fifteen. That was my S fifteen for me. That's so funny. You just bribed <laughs> him with beer. That's that's nuts. I like it. I like it. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But I think if he didn't give me an S15, I think I probably I couldn't become, you know, like a driver. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, more tough, I think. That's one of the reason. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, maybe we can thank 7-Eleven for, uh, for giving you a hand with that. We'll, maybe we'll talk to them. <laughs> I think they're doing some work with Larry Chen right now. So I think, uh, I think you need to hit them up. They're, they're in the drifting market at least, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good story. Just pitch that story to him. I don't know if that's going to meet their advertising wants, but <laughs> hey, whatever. Give it a shot. Uh, so I've, I've heard before events, you very much like to visualize the runs and the event in your head. 
that you like to to run through everything quite a lot. Is that something that you've you've done for a long time? Is that something new or like what type of mental preparation do you do to kind of get into the right headspace for for driving? Mm, since I don't have any seat time right now, like these two years, I don't drift as a personal other than FD. Um, I used to have uh, my personal car in California and, and drifting in the local truck, but uh, I don't have it anymore. And the project car behind me takes forever, never finish. So I don't have. You're any too meticulous. <laughs> you, you want? <laughs> I've seen what you do. You want everything so perfect. I I get why it's taken so long. <laughs> I'm not sure why. You know, like never finish. Yeah, maybe you know, like you said. But I'm doing. I'm I'm working for this car like almost. Uh, everything myself. So I'm not pro builder. I'm pro fabricator. So took a long time. But anyways, um, you know, since I don't have any, uh, seat time. So, um, the imagination, like the driving in my head is pretty important for competition. Um, like before, uh, when I came here 2018, you know, like every driver is right here. And I am a challenger from Japan, right? So top 32, 16, like my mindset was like, I'm going to go 120%, 150%. I'm going to like going to enter to the first corner faster than ever. I never tried like... My mindset was like that, like, because I was thinking I, otherwise I can't never beat, beat them because other drivers, everybody is pretty good. So then ended up like every single time, every single bottle, like me, make, making mistake myself and then kill myself. And then I kept losing. So I think around 2020, 2020 season, um, start thinking, like push the, to the limit more or over the limit in the practice. And in the qualifying, in the battle, I was driving, I started driving minus 50%. Minus 10% from practice, then you're not going to miss that because you're not driving 100%. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also didn't want it because every single lap I wanted to drive over the limit, <laughs> not for the judges, not for the win or lose, not for the battle, for the spectators, for myself. But like, I think I found out like the balance, like not pushing too hard, but not also like, not also showing boring driving. Yeah. So then, 
it was, it is important to imagine to drive in my head, like thinking about a lot of situation. If the lead driver did crutch kick initiation for next time or handbrake or like just, you know, um, kept imagining. And uh, also the world is, you know, social media world right now. A lot mm-hmm. of drivers are posting their driving and onboard footage so we can get a lot of data from <laughs> social media too. So like the, the you know, um, before I'm driving, I just sitting in the, uh, in the rig, uh, just relax and keep watching my driving and uh, other people's driving and uh, closing my eyes and like all of the timing, like upshift, downshift, the handbrake. Like since I don't have the seat time right now, like I'm driving the sim simulator end in my head but that's actually pretty important for competition look i'm planning on attending every fd event this year and if you're planning on attending any of them i've got a little secret for you save some money use fd podcast to check out save a couple bucks times are hard might as well uh might as well save a couple of dollars i don't know what you're gonna do with it go to go to the dollar store get yourself something you used to be able to get three things but no now it's just one thing maybe but either way, that's like a free thing. So FD podcast at checkout, save some money. I like the fact you're using Instagram against them. Like, <laughs> I think, no, I, I think it's maybe, I, it's, it's the first time I've heard somebody like come out and really say that, that it's like, you know, yeah, if I'm, you know, we, we have spot, like you have spotters, you have somebody who's going to give you notes. But if a driver's already put out a bunch of videos about what they did in practice, or on qualifying, like especially with a foot cam or interior shot where you can see what they're doing, like mm-hmm. why wouldn't you use it? Like why wouldn't you look at that and go, oh, this is how he's initiating. Yeah. My spotter told me that. Mm-hmm. Now I can see from the inside of the car where he's initiating. And then that means when I get to that point, I should be initiating and then I'll be right on their door. And cool, done. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's uh, um, yeah, a lot of time doesn't work, but also <laughs> <laughs> also a lot of time works as well. Yeah. yeah. But you rather have that information than not have. Yeah, that's it, right? the point pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's smart. I mean, I don't know why I didn't think of that ahead of time, but yeah, I think that's fairly good cuz people watch their qualifying runs from the live stream. But yeah, I don't know if I've ever really heard somebody come out and just say, yeah, I just go to their Instagram and check their videos and their stories and watch from there. So, mm-hmm. good yeah, to know. Like, I wonder if somebody's going to start screaming like, with you now. Qualifying video from the, through, through the FD YouTube. And yeah, like whole night, just keep watching for next day. Yeah. Like, just refreshing image. to see if they upload a new video. Mm-hmm. Notifications yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, take all the data you can, right? I mean, might as well. Hmm. So do you still think that 
beginner drifters or grassroots drifters shouldn't be allowed to have a handbrake or angle kit when they start? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, where is those information coming from? <laughs> I, I have places, man. I talk to people. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. You said you were nervous. I guess I should have warned you a little bit. <laughs> uh, for the beginner drivers, uh, yeah, uh, I think they should not have the handbrake hydraulic e-brake and an angle okay. kit and a big power. Yeah. Is that just to you learn the basics, you learn how to deal with a car when you don't have those things? I think I'm just an old guy, like <laughs> old school, you know, like uh, learning weight transfer to work the OEM handbrake mm -hmm. or learning weight transfer to initiate, like those are pretty important for drifting. Even like, you know, like if you became like expert, like driving 500 holes, like 600 horsepower car, doesn't matter. Still, you need a weight transfer, like other than handbrake initiation. Mm -hmm. So I think that that time when you're, beginner, like when you just started drifting, I think that that's a good time to learn every single basic stuff. So if you're, if you have the handbrake from the beginning, it's, it's just too easy to initiate or switch back. Like those stuff are, makes you easy to drift. I think you can right. drift, but I think it's without a style. Mm -hmm. So that's why my recommendation is not getting the handbrake, hydraulic handbrake and then big angle kit or something overbuilt, like big horsepower and dog box or for, you know, like a beginner driver or someone who just started drifting. Uh my my stepdad is a is a carpenter like he's a he makes like big kitchens and stuff like that and whenever i would go into his shop and i'd want to make something for a project he would always always make me use all the hand tools and i was always told like you need to know how to use all these hand tools before i'm going to let you use the big saw <laughs> because you may be somewhere where you don't have that big saw so you need to know how to use a hand tool and it wasn't until like i was older that I actually appreciated that. Cause like, you know, when you're 13, you're just like, Hey man, screw off. Let me use the saw. I want to get this done with. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I just want to do the project. And like looking back now, it's, it's nice to know. I mean that, that I can utilize those tools. And I think it's very similar in drifting where, um, you know, I talked about in the Reese podcast about Chelsea, his last run, not having nitrous and, you know, having to get that art, that, that Mustang around with 400 less horsepower. And you watched him use all these different techniques, like weight mm -hmm. transfer. I mean, that dude had to have clutch kicked a hundred times <laughs> to get that car around the track. Yeah. Like he used all these other techniques because he couldn't just power through it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, potentially a whole generation of drifters that are coming up that may or may not know how to weight transfer properly or never had to 
you know, drive a 200 horsepower car or drift a Miata or MX-5 or whatever, like all yeah, these. Those are pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> like it's, but you can really learn like good technique. Yeah. yeah. To drive if, with them. If somebody masters a Miata, there's very few cars that they can, that they, that they can't get into and immediately. Yeah. yeah like they can, they can drift anything. Yeah, A86, like oh, Corolla, yeah. same, same thing, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. you learn on that, you drive that well, everything after that is cake. Like it's easy, so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I'm just really sad uh, the people um, just started drifting and then, you know, just like short-term basic drifting practice like figure eight and donuts. And then they feel bored and uh, into the truck. They smash their car, and then they feel like, "Oh, this is not good, not for me. Like mm-hmm. this is too expensive." Then yeah. they never came back. That's the one thing I really don't want to see. Like that makes me really sad because, you know, like I want people to enjoy the drifting as well. So, like I'm saying to the people, like not getting the like not doing overbuilt stuff and probably it's bored, boring, but keep doing like super basic stuff like donuts, figure eight. If you say figure eight, probably a lot of people imagine like just put two cones and then doing eight, but yeah. you can also have three, four, five, six cones and sometimes second gear, first gear bigger circle, small circle, with a handbrake, just doing figure with one hand, no foot brake or like stable acceleration or a yeah. lot of skills you can get from basic stuff. So, yeah. Well, I think I, you have to, uh, you have to do it until you can't get it wrong, right? Like that's, that's the difference. Like don't, practice until you get it right practice until like you you just don't get it wrong ever or as you know as little as possible mm-hmm. and then move on to the next step i just think yeah it's very easy to want to move to the next thing and get that next bit of gratification that next you know bit of hit of adrenaline because you know i mean you, i th- i think that goes with a lot like guys that move into high level competition really really quickly that yeah you know it's it's really cool to hear about a guy that's like two years in that has now got their pro your pro spec license and they're driving pro spec and you know whatever and we we hear about those guys that that do that those guys i mean guys and girls that do that that do really well but we forget about all the people that did that that run out of money run out of passion run out of time Mm -hmm. and we never hear about them again that only did two years got to a higher level and then just disappear we, yeah, we only remember really the ones sad. that did great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it to some point. Like, you want to be the best, so you feel like you need to move up as quick as possible and, yeah. and jump through the ranks. But mm-hmm. you, you kind of totally understand. To learn. Like, you want yeah. to like do like third gear entry, like reverse entry. Yeah. That's a day, day two. But that's impossible. Like, you know, like, yeah. After a lot of learning, like, basic technique. And then yeah. you can make own style, own drifting style. Well, I think you can win a lot of battles with just basic ne- technique, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
really in in pro-am and and some prospect battles like just not screwing up is all you need to do like that's that's it it's it's less about uh, in a lot of cases who's more it's more about who's more consistent as opposed to who's faster or who's got yeah. more grip or more angle it's just like can you get around the track and not make a major mistake so yeah yeah but i mean it's learning and and we're in a period of, of huge growth and drifting. So I'm happy that there are people that, that passionate to, to do it. So, um, so there's always the huge debate between Japanese drifting and, and U S drifting. <laughs> what, what was like the biggest like difference that maybe you weren't prepared for, or didn't really understand until you started, you know, drifting in the U S um i think the driving style is pretty different um yeah also uh i think the different of the difference of the tracks uh makes the driving style different too and japanese style if you think about it um like your maximum speed is the entry but sometime here in us is like after the entry, you're going to raise the speed, gain the speed in the drifting. Right. So usually Japanese track is like first entry and it's slow down the car a lot than driving through the apex. But here is more like big angle and... Still going fast, faster with a big angle. I really surprised um, the one thing when I came here. You know, like the big angle, that means not faster drifting. That's what I was thinking. But actually here, having big angle and then still really fast. So that's the point I really don't, didn't understand when I came here. Mm. We don't have like mm. that. <laughs> it is, it's, it is very, very different. Like, and that's why I always struggle with the debate between the, the, the two styles. Like people are like, oh, this one's better than that one. And I'm like, I don't think either one's better. I just think they're mm-hmm. different. No. And you watch them for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's it. There is there is significantly more style in Japanese drifting, in my opinion, and there's significantly more speed in American drifting. And European drifting kind of sits somewhere in the middle. And it's like, mm. it is more of a hybrid of the two than, yeah. and I mean, like, then there's like New Zealand drifting, which is a little bit more like Japanese drifting, but like kind of crazier. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Australian drifting is just being crazy, you know, like it's, I, I go like, <laughs> I think of like Luke Fink and like crazy backies and stuff. So like, yeah, you have all these mm-hmm. different blends, but like they all, they all provide something different to the sport. So comparing is very difficult. Yeah. I think, I think there is no, like which one mm-hmm. is better. But for driver prospect, uh, perspective, uh, 
I think the driver can handle both style or the style between the Japanese style and the American style. Like you can、um, change the style for each competition or each country. That's pretty good driver. Yeah, I think I personally. Yeah,、think. I I agree. It's pretty tough to do both. Like I can do like, you know, like American style drifting, but not Japanese style. Like the other way around is same.、Mm. Like handling both styles. Do you like、tough. go back to Japan and drive, and then they like make fun of you for driving like an American? Like is that a thing that happens? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think they don't laugh at me, but um, but definitely my driving style. Changed a lot after、mm. moving here. I could, I could see that. Like maybe, just like party drifting, you just keep outrunning everybody, and they're like, "Hey, man! Like, what are you doing? Like, wrong country. Slow it down a little." <laughs>、uh. <laughs> yeah, but I still love the like the big freak initiation, like quick switch back or those kind of、mm. taste of the Japanese drifting, and、um, you know, like. Couple years ago, the FD started like X Factor Point. I think that、um, that rule, that judging regulation,、um, made us to do like having little Japanese style into the American drifting、um, American drift series. So I I pretty like the.、Um, Personally, I like the、yeah. X factor point. I, I think、judging. if they weighed, put more points towards like rate to angle, you know, I know that's that's within judging consideration. But if they made that like more points, I think we would start to see more of that Japanese influence there. And I mean, it would it would slow down cars a little bit because if you snapped angle really quick, it is going to scrub speed. So maybe it's it's always、mm-hmm. interesting. To see judging changes and then the driving styles move towards it, you know, some drivers adapt really quick and some don't, and some struggle for a bit, and some, you know, realize that like, oh, this now matches my my style. So, yeah, I'm curious. I've heard, I've I've heard rumors of some big changes coming, but I can't, I can't, I can't talk to them yet. I'm, I there's <laughs> there's lots of talks going on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the drifting rumor <laughs> mill is is always busy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited.、Uh, so where where do you fall in? I've been asking everybody this year、um, about like the tire size debate. Where do you sit with that? Do we have we gone too far with how big and sticky tires have gotten? Should we keep going further? Should we bring it back? Are we in a good spot? Like, where do you feel the tires are right now? Mm, I don't have any complaint about current situation. I think some people say like we want to go, we we need like more bigger tire,、mm. fat tire. But I think those bigger tire、uh, made us some difficult situation. Like not everything going、mm. better. Go, not everything goes better. So. You know, like I'm pretty happy about the current situation. Like the we are running GT Radial SX2 RS, which is two ninety five forty eighteen. 
I don't think I need more bigger tire and also the smaller tire. And uh, yeah, like some people are is saying like maybe we should do like you know two sixty five hold like everyone has to run like same tire size. I I think I agree with like you know like running same tire same tire size. I think that's, you know, it will make us pretty, like, interesting situation, I think. If you see, like, motorsports, let's say Formula One, they don't, they don't run, you know, like, this team is bigger tire, this, this team is, like, r- mm-hmm. running smaller tire, they don't do like that. So, I, I'm not, um, I don't agree with like getting smaller tire, like 255, 265, but I agree with, um, like using same tire size in the pro, pro um, category. Okay. I think I, Hey, there's no wrong answer here. So you're, <laughs> you're good. Don't worry. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm trying to understand from the driver perspective. And I think a lot of the opinions kind of come down to whether, or I mean, honestly, like how the funding is in the program. The, the, the drivers that have a lot of funding, they don't care because they're like, yeah, we'll break <laughs> everything. I'll just, yeah. I'll put a transmission in it every lap. I don't care. And the drivers who are a little more conscientious of, of money are like, hey, these big tires are expensive and they break a lot of shit. So like if we could bring that back a little bit, then I could run more and I could drive more and potentially be more competitive. So um, yeah, I'm not saying you fall into either one of those camps, um, but I'm just, that's, that seems to be the, the trend that, that I've seen. <clears throat> but like we talked about uh, like at the beginning, you know, like not the driver who has stickiest tires so always win. Like the more right. like <clears throat> consistence or more controllable or for any situation, like rain, like night, day, like diff- difficult track or whatever, like any reason. So we don't need to go like, you know, like the tire needs to be too sticky. That make, <laughs> makes us like more difficult. I think right now, like current situation, I'm pretty happy about okay cool uh is there a a track in i mean maybe uh, let's say outside of the fd circuit that you would love to see fd compete at whether because you think it would just be cool or because it would just screw up all the fd drivers (laughs) wow that's pretty difficult question um if possible like Minami, Ebisu Minami, there's no longer available to drift it, but that track is really fun. And also Toge Coast, like not specifically like Ebisu Toge, like, you know, street of the Toge, we can cross down and then like something like tiny and like 
let's say like busy truck, like a lot mm. of switchback. Like yeah. Just to like, to see what what would happen. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I think yeah, I know a lot of people like I, I mean, maybe that's why you did so well in St. Louis is because of kind of the way that that track is built. You know, it is it is technical. <clears throat> it is a lot of throttle input, um, you know, depending on gearing, you know, uh, a fair bit of shifting. So, and it, I guess, is a little, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's not super Japanese because like you do initiate fast, but then you slow down really quick, but then mm-hmm. you have to get back on throttle and speed up again, but then you slow down again really quick. Like, I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of it, but I've very much grown to like that track just because it's, it really messes up a lot of drivers. Yeah, like who you think is going to do well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. tough track. But uh, I'm seeing different reason um, from the people, which is, you know, that track, uh, there's two important area, let's say zone, which is out of zone one, just mm-hmm. after the entry. And also the last outer zone before the finish, right? Yeah. Um, both zones for right-hand drive driver, we can really easy to see the edge of oh. the track. I think that helped me a lot. Hmm. <laughs> Especially not- the entry, like if you into the dirt, you're never gonna you're never gonna come back. If right. you like, you really need to focus edge of the track, like between the asphalt and dirt or grass. Mm-hmm. And also the outer zone four is like, like they had the rumble strip this year, but also, you know, you got to really be careful around between the rumble strip and the asphalt. But mm-hmm. for us, it's like pretty easy to see that's right there. Like just, um, you know, like in front of the driver's side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is a technical track, like kind of Japanese style, but also the both zones, two zones, are pretty easy to see for right-hand drive car. I hope they don't change for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything major about track changes, so, but... We'll see. I mean, new judges and the judges do have a fair bit of input on track layout. So mm-hmm. you never know. Um, we never know. Never know. Yeah. The, yeah. The right-hand drive thing is, is really interesting. Like, do you, do you think it provides an advantage um, with things like, like smoke or um, ability to chase at certain tracks? Like we talked about St. Louis. There's a couple, I mean, there's a couple of spots I could see right-hand drive really helping. And then there's some situations where I think it would really suck because you're kind of in the pocket right next to the mm-hmm. smoke, like just more or less taking it in the face. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Well, that's yeah, like pretty, you know, some some place, like let's say, mm, yeah, I mean, the Owendale at the forest. Yeah, bank, I was just gonna like say high bank. Owendale. You're you're yeah. in you're in the smoke for yeah, like, yeah, like almost ten <laughs> seconds in the smoke. Mm-hmm. That's pretty tough situation for right hand drive, but um, also uh, if you change the line a little bit after the coming of the bank, I can see 
I can easy to see um, the inner creep after coming mm-hmm. off the bank. So, yeah, I can't say like which one is better or like advantage because like in this track, like at this point, pretty hard to see for right-hand drive, but easy to see for like after this corner or whatever. So, yeah, um, can't say like that, but yeah, yeah. the Alvin there is definitely the hardest bank you, track for me. You definitely have a nasty transition in that inner clip too. I feel like you have a lot of fun with that transition point. Like it just like thinking back to to seeing you run that this year, I was like, oh, like this, you're you were hucking big angle real early to get mm-hmm. past it. And then like it seemed like the moment you got past the cone, you were already trying to whip the car back around to then get set up for uh the second outside zone. So yeah, I guess I was having fun, but Novak was better though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Something something Jerry Yang's doing, man. He's he's just like transforming you guys it's it's kind of cool to see i'm i'm excited i'm I'm very excited to see what else he can do and i think uh obviously he's he's incredibly intelligent and really understands how to set up a car and work with you guys so i think i think that's one of the, like there's been a lot of talks about getting non-drivers on the show which is I, I very much want to um and he is he is on the short list of like non-drivers that that i i want to get on and pick their brain because he's got a lot of knowledge that and like, I don't think enough people talk about Jerry Yang. Like, I think Steph Papadakis gets like, you know, mm-hmm. Steph Papadakis gets a lot of, you know, a lot of love, which is a hundred percent deserving. But like, Jerry's Jerry's done incredible things for the sport. So yeah, I yeah. think so. And um, he's also having like really big passion for drifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like still doing like same thing like past ten years. Like yeah working, start working in the morning and then until late night, every day. He has no holiday, yeah. like no weekend. <laughs> you yeah. have to. I mean, if, if you want to get to that level of greatness, like it's, you just have to, like you have to be working when everybody else is asleep. Like that's, that's how you yeah. get ahead, right? Yeah. It sucks. I mean, but if that's what you're striving for, then, then, I, then you have to. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So can you explain to me why all of the Japanese drivers that come over to America have incredible hair? I I, I was looking through like you guys all do. Like you have you have like this beautiful quaffed going through. Ken has great hair. Dai had the spikes. I mean, even Daigo had some had some killer hair. Like <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I mean the the style for everything, right? In the drifting. So you, you want yeah. a great body kit and a wide fender. So why, why not? Like you, you, you don't have, you know, like, like yeah. body kit for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like no I know idea. you've been working all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been no working all idea. day and your hair is like perfect. So I just, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really sucks to wear the helmet. oh oh man um i I I got a culture thing yeah 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 like like japanese hair culture i think so yeah i have have no idea but some people (laughs) actually that just told me that yeah 
like die can me like why you guys like the, like the hairstyle is different yeah i have no idea all right i'll take it man you just you, got, you keep rocking it i'm i'm the excited style. to see what hairstyle you go for yeah <laughs> should do yeah. a throwback you should do the the visor with the spikes just like die for oh. for a round just as a throwback i think that'd be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> during, during driver introductions, if you did that, I would, dude, I would die. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I need to send him the message to get the approval. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get a sign off. So I try not to. I try not to dive into too too much drama on the show, but uh, I want to touch on uh, uh, New Jersey this year with you and Dean Carney. Because oh, like, uh-huh. I think that got completely missed because of the Chelsea Denofa incident. Uh, <laughs> I was right there when all that went down. And uh, I, I mean, for being a very quiet man, you get real scary when you get pissed off. It was, uh, it, it was quite an intense situation. But I like, just didn't I, want, I'm assuming you guys are like, good now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were pretty, like, completely yeah. good. Like, uh, that time I just didn't want to wait uh, for him to like show up our rig. So mm. after that battle, I just um, show up to the, his rig and, and talk about what's going on, like what's his pros- perspective and what's my perspective. And, like I just wanted to share, like not trying to make the argument. Like just, I just wanted yeah. to know, yeah, why yeah. he's okay. mad. <laughs> but, but it was uh, but I totally yeah. understand because you know like if you if you lost you're done for the weekend so mm-hmm. every single round is pretty important to like myself for sponsors for the team for career like for everything so I totally understand like someone who upset for the result for the battle mm-hmm. So I have no complaints. It was, it was, it was entertaining. I've, I, like I said, I got to, I got to (laughs) see the whole thing. I was, uh, I was shadowing Lorette for the weekend. So I, uh, I I got to, I got to kind of stand there and get to see it all go down. But that was, it was, it's, it's always cool to see you guys like get passionate and it's, it's good to hear that you guys are, are good now. I mean, there's a lot of those upset moments that like, I think general fans don't get to see and, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we should document it more to show how passionate it is, or <laughs> yeah, or just I keep it like you got to be the, the event. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's the motor sports. You know, like we, yeah, yeah it's, it happened because we have a lot of passion for doing like that. Well, and it's it's stressful. It's intense, right? Like it's a high stress mm-hmm. situation. You're driving thousand horsepower cars inches away from each other, where one bit of contact can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And yeah. like, everybody's there to win. No one's showing up just to mm-hmm. have fun. Like having fun yeah. happens, but like, that's not why you're there. You're there to beat everybody else. So yeah, yeah it gets a little, gets a little crazy. So, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was kind of cool to see you not the very quiet and calm Kazuya that, <laughs> that yeah, everybody knows. I'm usually yes. like trying to be, you know, relaxed and chill, like in front of the people. Yeah. But, you know, that time I just couldn't hold it. And uh, also <laughs> I, I wanted to know what's his perspective because mm-hmm. I thought I did right thing to do to mm-hmm. save 
myself and my car, but he thought I like let off the throttle the purposely. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's you know like misunderstood both each other. Yeah, that's just yeah. Everybody's there's there's three sides to every story. You know, there's your side, his side, and then the truth somewhere that's like in the middle, right? Yeah, but I I think yeah. I think he still don't forgive me, but <laughs> but we are pretty fine. We are yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Dean's Dean's a good guy. He's just he's just loud. He likes being loud. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> cool. He he did did he on um, this podcast with you? Yeah, he did. He did a while ago. I don't even know if we. I they're all starting to blend together. I think we talked about it briefly, but I'm not. I'm not. I can't remember. Someone. Oh, okay. Someone else. People. It sounds stupid, but like people who listen to this show probably know more about this show than I do hosting it. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's people who follow your career that remember things that you've said that, like, you know, like I don't remember saying that. Like, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's different. I guess I don't know when it's happening yeah. to you in real time. It's very difficult to remember to remember all of it. Mm-hmm. If somebody's listening to it after, it's it's a little bit easier. So yeah. Eh. Maybe, maybe, maybe I did. I don't know if I did. I think I did. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> um, cool. Uh last question. Uh, and this is this is just a personal one for me, to be honest with you. Uh, a few years ago, you actually came and visited my home track in Canada. Oh, uh, no. It's called Shannonville for Top yes, Drift. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um one, thank you for coming out. Uh, two, I know it's uh, that event is not the way it used to be because it was pretty wild back then. Um, mm. Lack of tech inspections and hot tracks like crazy. But uh, I'm I'm curious. And I'm asking for all my all my buddies. Uh, any plans to come back to Canada to drive? I'm sure we can find you some cars. But. Uh, yeah, any, any I, plans to come back and, and do some, yeah, some driving? Yeah, like I'm talking with a guy, like my friends, to to go back this year, actually. I really want to go back to the Canada, especially like like I want to meet meet them again and then driving with them again. And then um, the, also my girlfriend is a Canadian. She's from I didn't know uh, that. Montreal. So ah. yeah, we can, you know, like... Have you know like time to trip sightseeing and also I want to drive there. <laughs> nice. And right. I, well, I found a good Japanese restaurant in Toronto, Ottawa. So I I want to go back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like which that it was it was a restaurant in Toronto or in Ottawa. Those are like two different places. I think in the in Ottawa. Okay. Do you remember um, what it was called? <sighs> Let me. I, <laughs> I knew I, I was gonna ask. I I, I, I saved it uh, in the Google map, so I think I can I can check. All right, where I just it is. I just want to know because, like, I mean, that's some pretty high praise if if they've got good Japanese food. So, uh, I mean, that's gives me a good you know a good spot to look at. That's so. Kochi Sushi Japanese Restaurant. Okay, cool. Well, if you're in the yeah. Ottawa area, I know there's a bunch of. Uh, it's, actually, the guy that does all the <laughs> editing for this podcast lives near there, so I'll have to, oh, I'll okay. have to hit him up. Yeah, it says yeah, yeah. Brock Brockville. Oh, in Brockville. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know where that is. <clears throat> yep. All right. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I got uh, I got family out that way too. Maybe I'll make a 
a trip to Brockville and let them know. Yeah. So <laughs> sick. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, hey, you let me know when you're back in Canada. I am more than happy to uh to to make some time to come see you as well. I mean, I'm gonna see you eight times this year anyways, so maybe it'll be boring at that point, but I think that'd be cool. I think I, it was it was a big deal, man, when you showed up. Like that was a huge deal for everybody in in the, in the local drift scene. So um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, I, thank I, you for I, doing that. It means it does mean a lot. I was really having the fun. Like it was really fun for me. You know, like uh, the actually a uh, funny story. Like the guy uh, who invited me was just a customer for Upgrade. Okay, like many years ago. He bought some JDM parts from through me in the store in Japan, hmm. and he um, like after I moved to US, and then he he hit me up like, "Hey, um, I know you're like um, you moved to US. Hey, why not coming to Canada?" And so, hmm. yeah, that was interesting. Hey, I mean, it got you out to the event and. Like I said, it was, uh, it was big news. It was big news in the local drift scene that you were there. So yeah, ah, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you for doing this. I'm glad, uh, we got to, I know you were a little nervous. I think I only threw a couple hard questions at you. So you did, you did good, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that we got to, I mean, it was, it's super cool learning about your background and educating myself a little bit more on it. And, yeah, hopefully we can uh, can get you back into Canada and do some more driving. We'll, you know, give you the full Canadian experience. I think it's cool your girlfriend's Canadian. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can speak French a little bit. Saba. Really? Saba is a French? Saba? No, like only a few words. Yeah. <laughs> I won't even try. I can speak some French, but it's probably so terrible that all my French friends will get upset that I even tried. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, it was um, really fun. Good, good. I'm glad. Like, like I said, I knew you were a little yeah. bit nervous, but it was uh, it was a good time. I did. I had a blast. So sick. Um, anything you want to wrap up with? Anything you want to leave the show with? Mm, yeah, uh, I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, like I just really appreciate for everybody, you know, like the spectators and fans, like this, all the sponsors team, you know, I am a gaijin, foreigner, outsider, whatever it's called. Like, um, you know, like these five years, it's, you know, it was pretty difficult because of the language barrier. Like it was sometimes really tough, but thank you for supporting everybody i'm really happy like you know like following me the social media like like talking to me at the venue in the fd um yeah like i i think the drifting people everyone is good guy and good people that's what i feel like that's all yeah. over the world in japan or somewhere in us as well so if you just started drifting like don't hesitate to ask, you know, like like learning the setup, learning how to drive from the other expert pro. Like I think, you know, like they can they can teach everything. So yeah, 
don't hesitate to talk and uh, enjoy the drifting and um, enjoy the season 2024 of the FD. I hope we can enjoy as well. Yeah, it's going to be sick, man. Um, I'm very excited to see what you're able to do this year. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good time. And now, now we know each other so we can hang out more and it'll be perfect. But uh, yes. cool. Uh, for everybody listening and watching at home, thank you so much for all the support on my end of things and supporting the show. Uh, please make sure to give a, a share if somebody you know is very much into Japanese drifting, maybe hasn't listened to the show yet shoot this over. Uh, I'll leave all of uh, Kazuya, all of his socials down below. Yes, I got it. Uh, <laughs> make sure to give him a follow. You do some very precise, meticulous fab work and it's it's been really cool to watch. Keep posting those videos, man. Um, that car will be done eventually. I, I'm in, yeah, yeah, I think I, the 2030, 2045 before I died. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll take it out of paint the day before he dies, and that'll be it. It'll, be, it'll, be, it'll go in a museum at that point. So cool. Um, yeah, thanks again, everybody, for watching, and we'll catch you on next week. Oh, oh no! Oh, boy. Oh, 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 oh,